I'm really struggling this episode with my neck. <laughs> like, you I, look like you're in a very uncomfortable position right now. Well, I'm actually in a very comfortable position, but I feel very <laughs> uncomfortable. I got a massage last weekend thinking like, this is good. This is going to relax me. I carry a lot of tension in my shoulders and I don't know what happened, but I have been like physically disabled. <laughs> like someone hurt me. <laughs> my neck is fucked. <laughs> um, Maybe it was somebody who was like, who really actually wants to be a chiropractor. But fake medicine. Fake medicine. Ghost um, medicine. But honestly, like, don't you just want to like, be put on a rack and just stretched yeah, out so all your bones yeah. pop back into place. I was like excited because uh, I've never had a male masseuse before. Oh, and sure. I was like, perfect. The the power I need. Just oh someone God, to yes. just like grind my muscles into dust. Yeah, and then it turns out I, he may have incapacitated me physically. <laughs> he was too powerful. I've been messed up all. He's too powerful. He's, just, he's got too much strength. It's, it's not good. I'm sorry. It's not your fault, but oh my God, I feel like I'm dying. Like I'm, so I'm looking around like. Uh, You've been like turning your whole body to like talk to me this yeah, entire day. I look insane when I'm trying to speak to people and it's, I just groan and Mitch is like, what's wrong? I'm like, still just my body is fucked up. <laughs> it's very fun turning 20 redacted redacted turning um, susan jane tanner <laughs> susan Tanner, yes um it's very fun turning that age um yeah we love to be that age we love to be that that age, age. That age. um they're so fun at that age they're so fun that's actually such a funny like honestly like you don't really feel like free until you turn that until age. you're that age it's like when that... you get to be that age you're just like wild crazy can't turn your fucking neck <laughs> Can't eat cheese. Can't stay up after midnight. Can't sleep past can't seven. Can't sleep past seven. Uh, can't stay that, asleep. It's such a fun age. So I fun. love that age. I love that age. Honestly, it's like it's honestly I haven't felt like this ever, ever in, my life. in my life. What what is this feeling? So, so sudden, sudden and, and new. Um, if you can't tell, we're solo this week. We're off no on guess. a wild fucking tangent already. Um. But let's just do you have any biz? No, no biz, no. No biz for me all. either, other than um if anyone in New York can recommend me <laughs> a fucking masseuse. Um that I do not go to a chiropractor. Rip your neck apart. Do look into chiropractor chiropractic medicine. It was invented by ghosts. It was invented by a man who said a ghost told him how to do it. <gasps> Wait, really? Stop Yes, chiropractic. Wait, no, like, tell me the tell me all the, the tea. Okay. okay, yeah. You don't have to be a doctor to get your degree in chiropractic. Ki- I, yeah, that Chiropractical? sounds about right. I don't know. Ki- Chiropractic. It was invented by a guy in the 1800s who was like, yeah, a ghost showed me how to do this. <laughs> and it's just cracking backs. And like people go to actual doctors and they're like, um, I'm having severe issues. Yeah. And they're like, well, have you been to a chiropractor? They're like, yeah. Oh, that's why you're having like mini strokes because your chiropractor fucked your body up. Oh, my God. They're actually not famously not medical doctors. Don't go see a chiropractor. (laughs) Go see a massage therapist or a physical therapist. They can actually fix your body and are licensed to do so. (laughs) They weren't influenced by the whisperings of a ghost. It's wild. Honestly, that makes me love chiropractic. (laughs) Chiropractic. Practory. Practory. 
more knowing yeah. that a ghost invented it. It's a thousand percent. Like, honestly, I want all my medicine to be done by ghosts. Famously, chiropractics is like the Mormonism of medicine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> invented it was, in the 1800s it, by, by a, a mythical ghost. ghost. <laughs> Angel, a, a ghost angel. <laughs> Please don't come for us Mormons. <laughs> Please. Oh, they famously love us after our Book of Mormon. Yeah, episode. truly. Thousands. Um, okay, <laughs> let's get we're, back. We're on very that. big in Utah. I'm trying to speak directly into the mic because I have been read for filth by our sound producer for the second time, for the millionth time <laughs> by Mitch. He's <laughs> like, well, someone talks into the mic and someone has some trouble doing that. Yeah. I'm the someone who has trouble. He said that at the Anthony's, there will be an award for <laughs> best mic technique. <laughs> and I'm sure it will go to you, a person who's famously held a microphone before. <laughs> um, update. This is fun. So my younger brother goes to Mizzou, our famous still credited, still but credited for university. How long, university. And then he recently auditioned for the summer musical. Um and is in like the final rounds. Shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, and if he Go gets off. it, he's not a theater major. He's a music major. If he gets it, he will have been in more musicals than me. <laughs> and I love that for him. Honestly, like that's great. Yeah, I'm not bitter about it. No, I think that if he does get cast, I think that you're legally like allowed to go back and burn down the Reinsberger. Oh, I mean, I'm going to go watch him slay and yeah. cheer for him. And then as soon as the show ends, I'm burning the place down. Yeah. Mitch, strike that from the record. Um, <laughs> honestly, okay, controversial. Okay, I'm ready. Should we go back, like, the team? Yeah. Go back to Mizzou. Live broadcast. Live broadcast yeah, from Mizzou after back. that performance. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. We're going to go get lit as hell. Yeah, at the Heidelberg. At the Heidelberg. We're going to do double Long Beach teas. Listen. <laughs> we're going to tell you about Mizzou. University of Missouri Columbia's production of Beauty and the Beast. And we will be live broadcasting. <laughs> You're going to love it's it. It's going to be amazing. That's our Patreon content. That is for Patreon. You will have to pay us at least a dollar a month for that. <laughs> um, the, <clears throat> the radio fees alone. Yes, I mean. I mean. All right, let's get to this week's show. Woo! Very topical. Hot Very topic. topical. Uh, we're covering hair yeah. this week. Long, beautiful hair. Flowing. <laughs> Luscious. Luscious. Pantene-esque. Brilliantine. Flaxen waxen. <laughs> I'm just taking... Hair down to there. To there. Um, shoulder length or longer. Shoulder length or longer. Uh, a toga made of hair? Um, Gross. I love it. I, I do too. Sick. <laughs> okay. Honestly, though, that song fucking whips. Okay. Like, I'm not even... Here's what I have to tell you before we even get into this. Yeah. So, Connor, you knew hair before we decided to do this. At least, yeah. A I at least bit. like knew some of the music. I knew Aquarius. Mm-hmm. I knew Let the Sunshine In, and I knew weirdly the song Hair because. So I, the viewers may not know this. <laughs> the readers may not know. This. Of course. Um, I danced from ages two and a half to like 20 sure um and we did a medley of those three songs oh my Aquarius, god hair and let the sunshine in at what age because um, that can that middle is like school maybe really early high school appropriate yeah. okay. so had no material. concept that this came from a musical okay i truly like did not know what this was from i thought it was a hilarious song about hair i love that um we had tie-dye shirts classic we love. had long wigs that we <laughs> like teased out okay, we and love a wig tons moment. of hairography um 
Yeah, fully middle schoolers and uh, my dance team, you have to like audition for yeah. it, whatever. We would perform at halftime shows at basketball games for like <laughs> around the state. We'd go to like Mexico, Missouri's basketball, my soul like has high left school basketball game. And we were like, okay, time to fucking jazz walk out yes! onto, the, onto the gymnasium <laughs> and dance to a hair medley. Oh. Incredible. I've asked my mother to send pictures. We will be posting them yes, on please, Instagram. Please. Yes, please. Please. Oh my God. That is amazing. So incredible. I had that hair that hair in a wig and we would have to like, me- it was disgusting by the end of the year. We would also then do those dances at recital in April. Yeah, of course. So it was like from, when did the basketball season? Like December. Mm-hmm. December to April, just disgusting, sweaty (laughs) costumes and wig. (laughs) So this was my only context for hair (laughs) for until now, frankly. (laughs) I mean, eventually as I got older, I was like, oh, yeah, it's about hippies. Right. Like the free love counterculture movement. Sure. But truly never had done a deeper dive yeah. into it um so i am excited to crack this bitch open same i also had a very um like uh surface level relationship with hair yeah. i only ever really listened to the first act sure um and i would listen to it um driving between mizzou and um chicago oh cute and it was i didn't know anything about the show Mm-hmm. Until I was living in Kansas City, and they were were getting ready to like perform it at the KC Rep. Oh, I didn't realize they did it at KC Rep. Yeah, they did. Cute. Um, I knew uh some of my castmates and Charlie Brown had been in that. Okay. Um, and, and what year was that? That was like ooh, 2016, 2017, maybe. Oh, really? You weren't here by then. I was here by 2016, but okay. I had lived in Kansas City uh, un, like from 2015 to 2016. Interesting. Yeah. So we will chat about the themes of the show, but I'm always interested sure. in what prompts people to remount the show. Yeah. Um, because it is and this super controversial. Oh my god, and we I we definitely need to talk. We about will the dive history. into the history for sure. The history is so interesting, but I'm so interested because I feel like it's it's not one of those that immediately comes to mind. Yes, you're not like, oh yeah, we'll do mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma and then we'll do uh, anything goes and then we'll do hair. Right. So I feel like there always needs to be a not. I guess political reason. There's a reason you're right. doing it because of whatever's going on in the culture. Absolutely. So I'm interested to interrogate that. It's going to be really, really fun. Let's dive in. Connor, hit us with some facts and feeds. Facts and figs. <laughs> um, amazing. Oh my God. Uh, you guys, the drop. I'm elated. Our sound engineer Mitch has decided to do live drops for us, seeing facts and figs after truly years of us calling for a facts and figs bumper. Yeah. he has now created one for us, and Amazing. I'm so I love it. Happy. I'm like literally this is be the highlight of every record. Yeah, it's the that was the best thing that's ever happened to me at all, <laughs> and today has been rough. So that was that was the highlight of my day. So Hair is a musical (laughs) with music written by Galt McDermott and lyrics and book by Jerome Ragney and James Rado. 
Um, the production history is like kind of long Wild. and fraught. <laughs> um, it originally aired. Uh, <laughs> aired. Fuck me. Um, it originally uh, was off Broadway at uh-huh. the Public Woo. in October 1967. Um, it was like we were kind of talking about this before the show, but it was like one of the very first. It shows was like that, the like, first show that the Public, the public Theater downtown. Out. Yeah, it was still being built by Joe Papp. Um, mm-hmm. when this was kind of being workshopped or like batted around as an idea. And yeah. Joe Papp was like, you know what? This will be the show that kind of opens the theater, like yeah. one of the first shows ever produced at the public, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. An it's, incredible christening of a, honestly, an amazing off-Broadway theater. Yeah. And honestly, like knowing about the public like mm-hmm. it makes so much sense that it was oh yeah a, a product of the hippie generation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thousand percent. and then i think after it was at the public it was it did that like short stint at a nightclub yeah the cheetah room something or the like cheetah that. club something yeah like but that, that was still ni- uh 67 and then it moved to broadway um in april 1968 and ran until July 1972 for 1,750 performances. Amazing. Um, later in uh, 68, it transferred to the West End mm-hmm. and stayed open until 1973 for 1,997 performances. And then um, it was revived in 1977, and it it was only open for 43 performances. Oh, wow. It got terrible reviews. All the critics said that it was, quote-unquote, showing its gray, and it was like they just it got panned completely i'm excited to talk about this because i do feel would you say late 70s 77 late 70s yeah that tracks yeah for sure everyone was like we hate the hippies the the hippies are fucking dead to us we're (laughs) pretending that never happened exactly um and then uh in 1979 there was the movie adaptation which Mm -hmm. is bad <laughs> we had to watch it at Mizzou one time. It was so bad. For what class? Um, it was for a show. We were doing the show Moon Children, and it was it's very after my time. Yeah, I'm it, famously very. It's it's very much like hair. It's okay, basically play, basically play. anything from the 70s is hair, but not hair, <laughs> literally. Um, and we had to uh as in order for us to like get into the mindset of the 70s we had to watch hair hair is very clearly not the mindset of the 70s though am i right or is the, the 60s film? or whatever the i mean the film is a, it is it still has like like elements of hair okay um of like the 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 broadway production but it has more of a plot and it doesn't have as much of the like satire and okay. the um yeah everything i read about this was like um the plot is loose at best like very loose <laughs> um much like the hippies true Ew. what <laughs> um but yeah no the movie is really bad um <laughs> did not get Gosh. good reviews and then uh there was a west end revival in 1993 okay um, and then there was a Broadway revival in 2009, and then that Broadway revival transferred to the West End again in 2010. Okay. Um, and uh, so there was like some really interesting history with the Tony Awards, where they were told that um, they would be eligible for the 68 Tonys okay. because they were starting previews in like... May or June, like before the um 
Tonys were being nom- announced and nominated, mm-hmm. but then the mm-hmm. theater guild changed the rules huh. so that they couldn't be nominated for the 68 Tonys. Wild. And then um, they had to wait a year for the 69 Tonys and they only got three nominations um, and only one win, mm. which was best score for an original musical with original actors or something like that. Feels it was like, like very caveat. It was very it was a very weird category that <laughs> mm-hmm. I think is translates now to best score. Okay. Um in a, in an original musical. And then the revival um in 09 was nominated for eight Tonys and it won Best Revival. Interesting. Yeah. Um it was I, I thought that was really interesting that they like changed the rules after telling them, no, you guys will be okay. No, you're definitely in. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That was like the whole reason they were like worried I was reading that they were they were worried that they weren't going to get nominated for the 68. And then they were like, no, 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 you're fine. And then literally like, like days sweet. later. <laughs> Your worries were LOL. <laughs> You are correct. Interesting. Um, and then just a short synopsis. Yeah. Um, Hare tells the story of the tribe, a group of politically active, long-haired hippies of the age of Aquarius, living a bohemian life in New York City and fighting against conscription into the Vietnam War. It's very 60s. Very 60s. Um, Basically, if you have seen the movie Across the Universe, (laughs) Across the Universe is a generic watered-down version of this show. I've never seen it. That's my hot take. I famously reject the Beatles. In all their forms. I love that for you. (laughs) I I honestly wish that I had done that (laughs) in high school. (laughs) Um... Okay, yeah, let's get into it. Let's go. Let's hit it. This is a a musical that fucks. This musical. Is this the one where they get naked? Yeah. Yeah, at the end. Very controversial. Controversially get naked. Controversially get naked. So, in reading a little bit about the history of this, the creators wanted to. essentially cast and i'm not sure if this holds true for the broadway mm-hmm. production but at least in the original workshop off broadway productions they just pulled people off the street yeah literally um and i think it's so interesting i read a quote and i don't remember which of the writers mm-hmm. said this but they were like there you can um read about people trying to record the vibe but like hair is the vibe yeah like this is what it's like to live in new york city in the 60s we are taking real life people off the street Mm -hmm. to be part of this there's some improv that was part of the rehearsal process to kind of build the characters and build whatever loose plot there is like it's very of the time it's very current Mm -hmm. Um, for the they, 60s, which I think is super interesting. I also saw in that quote, they were like trying to basically make it seamless between what was happening on the street and what was happening in the theater. Exactly. They wanted people to be able to walk in and be like, and have exactly mm-hmm. the same thing happening. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, It's very cognizant of the moment you're living in. For sure. To be like, people need to know what this is. Yeah. This is an, this is um a special time in history. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the correct word, not special because that makes it sound like mm, yeah. twee, but like this is an, a historical moment and it needs to be yeah. remembered for generations to come. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure how your high school functioned, but my <laughs> junior year was like a, a 60s fest, which is hilarious because um, 
famously in Midwest yeah. education, it's stripped almost completely of all political context. Yeah. So you're learning about the Vietnam War and you're like, yeah, it wasn't um, people didn't like it, but we're not discussing why we're there. Right. No one's discussing like how it was. We talk about hippies like it's all very surface level. Like here are the players. No one's talking about the actual political machinations of things. Right. What counterculture is rooted in. It's just like, oh, yeah, a bunch of people, you know, Woodstock. They they went to like Coachella, the original Coachella. Isn't that funny how teenagers did that? Like there's no real obviously doesn't benefit high schools to discuss the anti-war movement yeah um, the like political activism that was exactly um like we briefly touched on kent state like yeah people got shot but like why and at the time you don't question it because you're like whatever i have to pass this ap final Mm -hmm. like so who gives a shit (laughs) um but like i remember reading my ass back to 2011 (laughs) i remember reading we like read books from the 60s in lit class and then we'd go to social studies and then we or like history and then we'd have to like learn more about the 60s right. I'm like for the full semester that we had where we were inundated with the 60s we truly learned nothing right um of any real substance so this musical super wild especially and you and i kind of chatted about this mm-hmm. via text but in the context of today yes and what's going on um like here's what i'll say i would rather get into like the political mm-hmm activism and culture of the show um the music's good yeah i enjoyed it it's a musical that fucks the first couple songs are uh the first act as we've discussed is great Mm -hmm. i recommend it second half i lose my attention a little bit and i uh, again i think this comes back to the fact that we the lesson we learn every podcast episode <laughs> it is Musicals a visual, are famously a visual, visual medium, medium <laughs> because take a drink right. mark that on your bingo sheet <laughs> thank you um <laughs> it's just because um the second act is all a drug trip yes that yeah. is an extreme satire Absolutely. of like what was happening at the time yeah and I feel like if you don't see it, the songs don't really work outside of context. Agreed. Um, except for the last song, Let the Sunshine yeah. In, which is a bop. Right. Absolutely. They're great songs. Um, they and really hair, are. that's fun oh too. Oh my God, hair whips ass. Wait, is hair in the first act? I think it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, it's in the first act. Um, so yeah, let's dive into For sure. Let's get political. Political. <laughs> I really think I, I know that the show was re- only recently revived about 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. I would love to see a revival go go up right now. I would too. I yeah. think um I guess the more that I learn about counterculture and the more I what I think is so interesting is that hippies are so well known yeah. in history like even though so reviled they're reviled like America fully hates hippies oh, and fully. they're the butt of every joke and they um eventually morphed i think over the years into like environmental activists mm-hmm. in the 90s like people making fun of people who cared about the environment um i would say but i'm interested that those like the the hippie movement specifically and anti-war wrapped up in that mm-hmm. is so interesting that we still talk about it because it feels like something that we would not talk about right um but that same thing happened in like oh three when we're invading and in, in, invading iraq right and there was a huge a huge oh, anti-war yeah. movement absolutely i would say on par with 
the hippie counterculture right. movement as far as anti-war goes. But and it's it not is talked about. never spoken about. Yeah. Like, um, and part of this, I'm reading this wild book right now. I love it. Part of that is because of the <clears throat> culture that existed in America post 9-11. Yeah. Had a lot to do with it. Like, <clears throat> the idea that if you are not if you supporting are not supporting America, yeah. you're a terrorist. Yeah. Um, and so the anti-war movement. Oh, got- you mean Fox News was <laughs> was just yeah, but it was everybody. It was N- I mean, MSNBC. It was NBC. Oh, yeah, it was CNN. But like- there was there's also there was also a specific uh like news organization that was out there saying all of these people are unpatriotic. Absolutely, and but they're the only people who gave it coverage. Right. Like, and I think part of it is also that uh, I came up in high school. So I was in high school from, I guess, 2005 to 2009. That Mm -hmm. sounds right. So I was freshly, like, we barely, we weren't even out of the Bush administration by the time I was in high school. So there's no real hindsight on what that looked like. But I do think that the anti-war movement of, like, the early aughts got extremely shut down by the public as a whole Mm -hmm. because of... um, because it was considered unpatriotic. Right. And I think hippies still were considered unpatriotic, but most yeah. people didn't l- like the war. Obviously, there was a draft. Right. So And um, and the Vietnam War is really interesting. We talk about this in journalism, mm-hmm. journalism history, in that um it was one of the very first wars that was um this is a word <laughs> we're, we're getting into, we're getting it. into sorry. it sorry guys it's not not <laughs> we're this not, always happens when it's just you and me i know we're not making many jokes right now um but we'll like there. the the vietnam war was a really uh different war in the way that it was covered yeah um by journalists mm-hmm. in that um it was one of the very first wars that was like um covered so heavily where people were um actually like they had cameras on in yeah. battles you're seeing you they war. were the war was literally being broadcasted into people's homes and that Absolutely. had never happened before yeah and um because of vietnam there they had to make a change in the way that journalists cover the military yeah. and cover wars mm-hmm. um which is now where we get the standard today of like them being embedded with the uh, a military group and then going out into um zones mm-hmm. um but because of Vietnam, it was uh, yeah. broadcasted into literally everybody's living For room. For sure. And I think it was probably the first war. Um, it's sort of not the Twitter effect, but kind of where you're like hearing um, all sides at once. Sort Absolutely. Of. And the effect is that people are seeing a war where there's no clear reason for us being there. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, like world we're fresh off the heels of World War II, which mm-hmm. is very clearly like we were attacked, you know, right. uh, Hitler, da, 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 although famously we were not going to get involved until right. someone provoked us. Um, but you can go back and sort of whitewash the history and say, yes, there was a very clear enemy and that's why yeah. we got involved. And then we got into Vietnam after Korea, the Forgotten War. Yeah. And we're all just kind of like, wait, what are we doing here? And the bigger question is, why aren't we winning? Right. Um, And it's just such an interesting political atmosphere. Oh, for sure. Combined with uh, the rampant use of drugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, LSD and marijuana. Thank you, Hashish, for creating my <laughs> personal bucket list. <laughs> um, I wanted to read this quote from yeah. uh, Wikipedia. Okay. Um, and it's talking about, like, the movement, um, just so, like, people can kind of understand uh, why 
it's so why time is a flat circle and all of this show Every, is extremely yeah. relevant to today. Uh-huh. Um, so the quote reads, the youth of America, especially those on college campuses, started protesting all the things that they saw wrong with America. Racism, environmental destruction, poverty, sexism, sexual repression, violence at home and in the war in Vietnam, depersonalization from new technology, corruption in politics. Contrary to popular opinion, the hippies had great respect for America and believed that they were the true patriots, the only ones who genuinely wanted to save our country and make it the best it could be again. We can be better. Yeah. Um, better things are possible. better things are possible. So, like this, that is one of the reasons why this show feels so present. Yeah, to today. I think especially in the light of the 2020 elections, yeah, the Democratic primary right now, it's it's truly I mean, a nightmare. You're literally <laughs> pitting turning like making things normal versus making things better. better. And um. As though that doesn't like immediately <laughs> identify who I am supporting, <laughs> but uh, I feel like everybody probably knows. I mean, by I now. truly <laughs> pop off about it at any given moment, but I oh, yeah. do think it's really interesting. Like at some point, people accuse you of you know like mm-hmm. trying to be divisive or trying to be too radical, and you're like, it's not that I'm radical; it's just that I think that things can be better, and I want a better way forward. Absolutely, for us in the future. And I do really identify. Obviously, there are things about the counterculture movement that were mm-hmm. like not applicable today, right? Absolutely. But I do think that I it's less of a joke now to me. Yeah, I think hippies have been a punchline for so long in our media. Absolutely, in even learning history. Uh, I was a hip like that's a costume, right? I was a hippie for Halloween once, absolutely. Like, and it was just like wearing little round colored glasses, mm-hmm. which would make me very cool in Bushwick today. <laughs> that um, is correct. A tie dye t shirt and like bell bottom jeans. Yeah, and then you just like do a peace sign also all very popular in bushwick today yeah a thousand percent yeah but you don't like know what a peace sign like why were people flashing peace signs why is that a thing i don't know it's just so interesting to revisit the 60s it is in the countercultural movement today as a redacted year old (laughs) exactly (laughs) no yeah i totally agree (laughs) like having the i like the mindset and the um the like bandwidth to Mm -hmm. look at it it's yeah. very, very interesting. Um, so the show starts with all of the people in the audience, and then they um, all sort of coalesce onto the stage very slowly, and they sing The Age of Aquarius. Love it. Um, very beautiful song. And Also, we're all into astrology now. Correct. Culturally relevant. I mean, like, when I'm reading about the show, I'm like, literally the 70s are the 60s and 70s are back yeah. like we are all <laughs> obsessed with astrology Truly. we're all uh it's a very politically fraught time yeah like time is a flat circle and <laughs> we are all we're back just gonna in the keep 60s making the same mistake. basically um but uh one thing that i found really interesting was like what the age of aquarius means all right i looked into this and it's an astrological age um, that lasts for 2,160 years. So we are still currently in the age of Aquarius. Okay, I love that. Uh, Aquarius is associated with electricity, computers, flight, democracy, freedom, humanitarianism, idealism, modernization, astrology, nervous disorders, <laughs> rebellion, okay, nonconformity, philanthropy. Uh, philanthropy? Philanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Connor's an idiot today. Uh, <laughs> veracity, perseverance, humanity, and irresolution. Irre- Real potpourri. Yeah. So, Catch like, all. I just, I just thought that was interesting because those are a lot of things that they talk about in the show. Yeah. Um. And what? Why is the age of Aquarius so long? Why is it two thousand years? Oh, it's that. I think that just that we're just like, like cycling through the signs every two thousand yeah, years. Yeah. Oh my god, we have so long to get to the age of Scorpio. <laughs> God, I'll be so dead. I'm sorry. So my great, 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 great to the tenth power. Yeah, grandchildren, please pop off. Uh, send me a communication <laughs> about how great the age of a, of Scorpio is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's weird that it's two thousand years. I know. I don't it know. Should why. be like a decade max. Who knows why? Shorten up your time astrology <laughs> don't have time for this astrology astrology um i don't should we i want i don't know when to talk about the history of the show and like the now. productions because it's the truly you guys this the fucking production history is yeah bananas. let's get into the controversy this show is extremely controversial um and <laughs> it got people mad i can't imagine um, that people were mad at hippies. It's yeah. famous. They've never been before. They so um they opened on Broadway and it was uh really good. <laughs> <laughs> they got like they got very good um critical reception. Okay. And the tours were met with um pitchforks and torches yeah that sounds right literally there were shows that had bomb threats they uh, one show actually had a bomb explode outside of the theater Unbelievable. um there was a fire in one of the hotels where actors were staying um there was one show where they performed one night and then literally the next day the theater was locked and they weren't allowed to get back in um there were uh consistently shows in um uh indiana that they would just not let them come to the theater at all um where like the they would find out that the theater had like booked them book, or whatever. like booked it and wouldn't let them come um one of the positive things that happened because of the show was that um the west end production the original one um it was marked the end of um stage censorship because of the nudity scene, they mm. wouldn't put it up until an uh, London or the UK passed an act allowing that to happen. So th- it Paving was the it way like, for Equus, yeah, the horse fucking the, play. The horse fucking play. <laughs> Thank you, hair. Thank you, hair. <laughs> um, Without you, we never would have seen Harry Potter's Peebus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it ended like theater censorship in England, which was really cool. But then, um, <laughs> everybody was big mad about it in America. Yeah, that seems right. I'm interested. Do you know when it toured? I um, think you may have said that at the top, but I can't remember. It, let me see. 70s, early 70s? 60s, 70s. Yeah. So I'm just interested because I think that would be. Let's see here. Please hold. I'm going to. Oh, yeah. In Mex- they banned the production in Mexico. They couldn't even open the- a show in Mexico. Now, that is interesting to me. Was Mexico heavily involved in the Vietnam War? I don't know, actually. Seems odd. Um. So we pulled out of Vietnam in, in April of 75. Okay. That's the fall of Saigon. 
Um, wow, fifty-five to seventy-five. Jesus Christ! Twenty years. Twenty years. Um, I mean, we're still we've been I mean, at war for that's twenty years what we've here been doing as well. In Afghanistan. Yeah. So, frankly, it's, this is a kind really of like f- what we do now. <laughs> it's like really cute. But it's I really fun. I'm interested, depending on when it's touring and where it's touring, like. It's a, it's a show about someone attempting to dodge. I mean, at the end, yeah. he joins the, 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 the so he gets conscripted. Yeah. But I think it's a show about like deciding whether or not to dodge the draft. Yeah. And I can't imagine that playing well in the m- middle of the country where people lost children. Yeah, absolutely. To the war where, where people came back and were like traumatized by mm-hmm. what happened. Like, very visceral cases of PTSD. Obviously, that's going to happen with every war. Of course. Um, but this is kind of like the first time we're seeing like people not just shut it down, people experiencing symptoms of it yeah. uh, that are impeding them from functioning in society. Mm-hmm. And so I am not surprised that it doesn't get a warm, <laughs> a warm reception. I'm not saying yeah. it's right or wrong, but that, that doesn't, yeah, depending doesn't... on when it's touring nationally, I'm sure that that is painful to a lot of people. It's Absolutely. a stain in the memory of one of the many stains <laughs> of America's history. And I think that when, depending on when this toured, yeah, that would have a very incredible yeah. reaction among some people. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just kind of crazy because like uh i knew that the show was kind of controversial mostly because of the nude scene yeah that's what i would have assumed all of the controversy would yeah. come from because i didn't know the loose plot yeah and you know like drug use whatever everyone wants to pretend they hate drugs right. or whatever the war on drugs didn't really pop off till the 80s but that's true people weren't like you know super into it in the 70s i yeah. guess um or were more outspoken against it maybe mm-hmm. but i think yeah, I hadn't. Of course, the draft dodging aspect of the show would, yeah. would be yeah. very controversial. It's um, it's pretty crazy. So, uh, <laughs> going back to the show, yeah. Uh, again, this it's very very loose on plot. Um, Burger comes on stage and um tells everyone he's a psychedelic te- teddy bear and he's looking for Donna. <laughs> Is this a joke on something? I I was reading and it's sort of like is it uh, Madonna? Yeah, Madonna. It's, okay, it's sort of playing on Madonna, okay. um, the Virgin Mary, um, <laughs> not the singer. She famously <laughs> right. not around at this time. <laughs> Did not pop off until the eighties. <laughs> eighties, yeah. Uh, so a lot. There's a lot of um, religion in mm. this show, which is kind of weird, but I guess also makes sense it because. Works. They are trying to. It, it's countercultural and yeah. I think religion and, is an institution at this time. And, yeah, and way more than it is. I would say now. Absolutely. Um, and then we get to truly Hare's favorite way to write a song, and also my uh, thesis in life. Yeah, it's cool to be horny. <laughs> it's fine to be horny. Yeah. Um, and this song is just a list of ways to be horny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't approve of pederasty for the record. Of not course. on my list. Um, I think they just included that uh, yeah. so they could rhyme nasty. Yeah. We don't need to put 
No. We don't need to put that on the level of all these other things. Not at all. But that's just that it's uh it's truly just a list. It's just a list. It's the just song, a list. Like most musicals, loves a list. Love a list. <laughs> Ooh, hair love a list. The best way to do a musical is to list things. Yeah. And I love that for them. And honestly, that is most of the songs in hair. Oh yeah. Sodomy, Hashish, LBJ. Yeah, ain't got no. Um, what is the um, and then, of course, the slur song, colored the, spade, the colored spade. Um, Manchester, England kind of is even a little, a little. bit. Um, <laughs> Truly. Again. Air. <laughs> oh, air is so good. Jeannie yeah. is such a fucking freak. Um, she's wild. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to talk about the show because there's no plot. <laughs> I know. You just kind of have to go song to song. Yeah. And some of the songs I don't care about. So. Um, there's, oh, one of the things talking about, um, black spade is that, uh, this was colored spade, colored spade. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't try and PC this up. <laughs> I was, I, I saw that as a, cause I was looking at the, um, I'm black and then I saw oh, spade yeah. and yeah, I know. Um, but it, this show was really, um, it pushed the boundaries in terms of, um, integrated cast. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It had, um, a third of the cast was African-American. And in the sixties, like that was a big fucking deal. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, This show was also like uh, really big for race because um, the characters who were African American weren't portrayed as slaves or servants or um, what a concept. What a concept. They were treated as equals, which was like one of the which was unheard of. Something we frankly still have trouble doing Uh today in film and television. Absolutely. Um, and outside of like satirical moments in like the drug trip, they basically stay away from like racial stereotypes and that sort of thing, which is really, really big moment for hair. Um, and apparently Ebony magazine at the time declared the show, the biggest outlet for black actors in the history of the U S stage. Truly the sixties version of Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> Except that they weren't playing slavery. <laughs> Yay! Uh, that's her Hamlet you said episode ha- when I pop off. You said Hamlet, not Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. <laughs> Hamlet, famously a musical about slaves. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh wait, I still have the Vietnam War pop pulled up on my Google. That's not what I want. I want hair. Uh, when you're looking for information about this, do not type in hair show. Um, <laughs> I will just show you to like hairstylist yeah. shows near you, which is. Particularly unhelpful when you're looking for mm-hmm. the musical information. So the as a lot of the early songs in the show are like introducing the characters of the tribe. Yeah. Um, until you get to about uh air mm-hmm. is when they start getting into the satire of the show. Yeah. Um, and I think of the musicals that we've talked about that are semi-satirical this one is really strong lays in it does not pull any punches yeah um, and which is what you need with satire for it to work i agree um so you have genie talking about um air is all about pollution and um environmental destruction which was one of the things that the hippies were uh constantly fighting about hear that we've been doing this since, since the 60s the fucking 60s We've been doing this for almost 60 years. Yep. Just about. And uh, they go on to uh, do a skit where um, members of the tribe dress as Claude's parents. And he uh, 
gets his draft notice. Yeah. So, like, this is when you kind of start getting into the plot a little bit more. He is now starting to struggle with the what does he do with mm-hmm. the draft notice. And it goes on and um, everybody else starts burning their draft cards. Yeah. And he pretends to, but he actually is burning a library card. Okay. Um, symbolic symbolic and he it's again this entire show is about Claude's struggle with trying to decide do I join the draft or do I dodge it do I dodge it yeah and there's there one of the things one of the the, going back to the religion theme it's sort of casting Claude as a Christ figure Mm -hmm. in the show Mm -hmm. Um, because again at the end he does actually go and join the draft and goes to Vietnam and uh, it turns out that at the end, while the characters are singing Let the Sunshine In, um, you realize that Claude is dead. Yeah. Because he died in the war. In the war. Um, truly a wild show. It's, it's heavy. They added Let the Sunshine In to, like, to, to like, make the <laughs> like, show while happier. He, while we reveal that he's dead, we're going to sing this really fun song. Yeah, it's great. Um, we got to talk about the song Hair. Oh my god. It's so good. This song Long, fucking beautiful. whips. Hey, ah. <laughs> um this song is so good. Apparently the whole point behind the long hair was that it was supposed to be like the sign that yeah. you rejected yeah. like like conservatism and America and like all of these things. It's still kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like they Which is wild that we're still like mad about men having long I know. hair. But um it's such a good fucking song. Oh, it's song. great. I fucking oh, say here. So here is the part that I remember most from my dance days. Yeah. Uh, oh, say can you see my eyes? If you can, then my hair's too short. I love is it. Incredible. Yeah. Again, <laughs> a lot of the lyrics in the show are very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, though I would recommend if you're going to listen to the show, having like the lyrics in front of you. Yes, yeah, same. It's a little easier to follow. It's a, a lot of it is um, the tribe sings a lot together. Yes. Um, which is meant to be the point. Yeah. But, but it can be hard to understand. It can be hard I think, to understand what they're saying. I think the revival is easier to understand than the original Absolutely. Broadway cast recording. And part of that's probably just improvements in technology mm-hmm. and microphones. But um, and mixing, et cetera. But I, I do think that the revival is a little bit, if you're uh, not familiar with the show, I yeah. would recommend that. And then that like, just to get the, and, and also have the lyrics in front of you. Yeah. And that can kind of help. Uh, the other thing I read about this was that some, in some productions, the songs are not quite always in the same order because oh, the structure is so loose. Yeah. So sometimes the order gets a little, um, mixed yeah together or maybe it was that the off-broadway production differs i know that the off-broadway production definitely differs from the broadway production but it's like some productions the songs are they they made a ton of changes between off-broadway and broadway (laughs) classically (laughs) um but actually i was reading that they made the plot even looser for broadway yes yeah they were like it had a story yeah it had more of a story off-broadway yeah Yeah. (laughs) wild right well i think and and i do think that they were really it's so funny reading about this because it feels like now if i were reading about a show that did this i would roll my eyes yeah very performance art it was um one of the writers and i i'm sorry i don't remember who um studied 
very classical theater, wanted to be a musical theater writer in the style of Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah. It was like fully golden age musical bitch. And then the other guy was basically like a Tish freak who was <laughs> yeah. like, let's do experimental theater. And yes convinced this fucking golden age guy to be like let's get weird <laughs> and, they, and did. they did and they did this psycho um very of the moment now i will caveat this and say i think performance art sometimes misses the cultural moment yes. and is trying to do something outside of itself whether that's good or bad um but there's something so interesting about trying to capture what's going on mm-hmm. In the moment that you live in, that I really admire. Yeah, absolutely. I, and they did that really I just well. keep coming. I keep coming back to that where I'm like, it's cool that they saw that this was important. Mm-hmm. That they felt that this needed to be recorded, and that they made it the plot even looser because they were like, "Listen, we got a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna take out some of this story, and we're just gonna." <laughs> Fucking let it fly. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Godspell and the fact that okay. it's like told via um the structure is very loose. Um I mean Godspell does tell a story of Christ. Another musical that I have only uh heard because I danced <laughs> to one of the songs of and don't know any of the other ones. Um but uh, it does tell a story of Christ and it is very much of the ilk of like the 70s were a tribe mm-hmm. um people coming together to tell this story in a ensemble way. Um, and, uh, it just, it has the same feel to me mm-hmm. at least because in Godspell, a lot of the show is told via like skit and sketch and, okay. um, like it's told like the Bible is cause the Bible is all parable yeah, and stories. stories over and over again. Famously, and, the Bible is all sketches. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Bible <laughs> sketches and bits. <laughs> That's what they no. said. That's what I read. <laughs> um, I love that this show has a drag queen. It does. I love that. And it has a drag moment. Um, we all love literally a drag right after moment. hair. Um, and it gave me my motto in life and um do whatever you want, <laughs> be free, mm-hmm. have have the fun and the freedom that you want. Just don't hurt anybody. <laughs> I feel like that's so simple and, and yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> and yet. Um, so I love that Jeannie is the summary, like towards the end of the act. She's like, guys, here's what's going on. In case you haven't been able to parse it yeah. via all of our references to drugs and uh butt sex. Uh I'm hung up on Claude, Sheila's hung up on Burger, Burger's hung up everywhere. Uh, Claude is hung up on a crossover Sheila and Burger. At one point in the show, Claude and Burger like make out. Love that. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Um, Burger, Wolf, and another tribe member play satiric tribute to the American flag as they fold it, which I'm sure played well. Oh, absolutely. Across America. It was the, that song is like really supposed to make fun of the blind patriotism to American mm. flag and mm. symbols and, mm. yeah, you know. Things that are definitely not relevant mm. today <laughs> at all. I have thoughts. <laughs> hey, Meryl, do you think that if we had lived in the 60s, we would have been hippies? Uh, I'd like to think that I would have the courage uh, and moral yeah. compass to be counterculture. I think some people may probably were just like, whatever, my friends are doing it. And that's yeah. fun. I like to have my hair long. But I think the people who legit were like, 
things can be better. I'd yeah. like to think that I would have that attitude. I don't know. I, I do too. But it's interesting because I think we grew up under similar circumstances. I think yeah. the people who were coming of age in the 60s grew up under uh, post-World War II America mm-hmm. where we were just getting like fed a lot of America is a great hero narrative. Yeah. Um, and you and I grew up under post 9-11 America, right. which is very... Um, not we're the victim, but like we're stronger than our enemies. Yeah. Uh, it's less like celebratory of our victory and more like we're fucking. Yeah. We're a nation. And if you don't support the flag, then you are a terrorist. Exactly. And it's it's an interesting culture to grow yeah. up in. But I think the propaganda is very similar. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. Again, we're looking 20 years out, right? So like Mm -hmm. mid 40s to mid 60s, about 20 years, 2001 to 2020, we're looking at about 20 years. And I think 20 years hindsight is creating some interesting, I keep saying interesting, but like, I don't know a better word for it. It's it's creating conflict in ways where people are like, okay, I grew up under this Mm -hmm. and now I'm kind of coming of age and hearing other sides and looking at things at a different angle and questioning the things I always assumed to be true. Of course, there are people who never assumed things to be true. People who have experienced authoritarianism. Yeah, you've got people that were always questioning authority and people who like, questioned it later in life but they're part of a similar yeah. movement and it's i think the comparisons are similar they're there yeah. i mean they are there you can draw parallels you can I draw guess. parallels again time is a flat circle we're and <laughs> we're doing the we're same doing things. the same things over <laughs> yes. and over again but um it really is interesting one thing that i find uh interesting is that while we are sitting in this very political moment mm-hmm. that's very similar to the 60s um there's not as large of a like cultural movement i feel yeah i think here's what i will say and i so sorry to do this we can cut this if we hate it uh i think there is a class element to that okay um where our safety net is not as large as the safety net that or yeah. Straight up doesn't exist in the way that it did in, in the, the 60s, 60s for the hippies. Yeah. Um, say what you will about the government of the 1960s. I'm not saying it was good, but I am saying that the the rich class, paid their fucking taxes. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying the class moment yeah. that people existed in. Again, there were obviously class stratifications. There was, but there was a middle class in the 1960s. Absolutely. That frankly doesn't exist now. No. And I think that people that are our age, that are on the precipice of, I don't know, I talk about this a lot. Of course. (laughs) But we, it feels like we're sort of paralyzed in this moment Mm -hmm. because not, like, it feels like our jobs are on the line. And if our jobs are on the line, we, the it's not like, oh, we'll just get another one. It's like, you're homeless. I don't know. I'm sure that's the case in the 60s too. But also, I feel like, Something about the class warfare that's been going on since the 80s has rendered people unable to um, come together as a community in the same way. And so it's not like I mean, I think we have that like 
in very small amounts. Like yeah, our absolutely. friend group is sort of a community where something to happen to one of our friends. Obviously, all of our couches would be made available. Right. We'll spot you like till you get back up on your feet. But um, I don't think that exists in a large yeah at a large scale for a lot of people and so it feels very like you you have to do everything on your own mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't know i would love to read more about the hippie counterculture movement now yeah and after listening of, to hair yeah yeah and and see like what that moment was like and what inspired it and why mm -hmm. people felt comfortable enough to like literally people would just like drop out of college yeah. live in squalor and like, just live in a van live and, in like, a van how are you doing that be politically active and well they didn't have thousands of dollars <laughs> in student loan debt i don't know i'm just i'm i'm so there have to be some of the same yeah. conditions but it feels like we're very alone in this moment and yeah. it feels like you can try and convince people to i guess quote unquote fight the power mm -hmm. but at what cost to them right. and when does it i mean that's what solidarity is right that's why we're organizing we're trying to build a grassroots movement right. we're trying to rebuild the communities that i would say have been sort of devastated yeah, in absolutely. the last 20 40 years um but yeah i'm i'm so uh i admire a lot of the hippie movement that yeah, they sure. the the commune aspect of mm -hmm. it I'm sure I'm just gonna get roasted for 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 saying these <laughs> things, and I, mean, I like, feel oh, badly right. doing it. But I'm just like, it's so foreign, not foreign, right? We also were super lucky to be theater kids, yes. And as much shit as theater kids get, and rightly deserve, and deservedly and so. Deserve. Um, there is oh god this sounds so cliche but like there is a real you're choosing your family yeah sort absolutely. of vibe to i think a lot of people who come to theater mm -hmm. and so i think that's more in our nature yeah like to be there not more in our nature mm -hmm. that's that's rude to say but um feels normal to us to mm -hmm. be able to extend that hand like here's the thing we all get into theater knowing <laughs> that we're going to be poor right i think everyone kind of you know agrees signs that, up for that yeah. that major and they're like if we're lucky one of us will hit it big yeah. and maybe feed us <laughs> like once a month um My but favorite, for the most part we're all right. kind of like listen it's it's the good years have know. passed and we, <laughs> we know, know the future is bleak my so, favorite part yeah. about that is that I got to theater and I was like, hmm, pays too much. I need to take a sharp left <laughs> turn into comedy. <laughs> Who needs drama when I can just do open mics for, I can literally pay. I can pay to perform. To perform. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Terrible. I feel like we all kind of come in and and know, and I think obviously emotion and yeah. accessing your emotions is part of liberal arts and part of the <laughs> art scene sorry this sounds so like hoity-toity i no, don't mean fine. it to be but i do think that our industry is it is cutthroat but something about collegiate mm -hmm. i guess when you go to a college program where um <laughs> it doesn't actually matter <laughs> you're not actually getting a real education right. you sort of develop a friendship yeah anyway Wild we created a community where i think I, th I think that informed um, at least some of yeah. my own personal beliefs, which are that if someone 
calls you in the middle of the night and says, I need something, you do that for them. Exactly. And obviously that comes from other parts of my life too, but I think theater really helped solidify that. Yeah. Um, I slept on someone's couch for an entire year, my senior year of college, because I was like going through a major depressive episode and couldn't be in my own apartment. And my friends, like no questions were like, well, yeah, yeah, you'll just sleep here and we'll make sure you get up and we'll make sure you go to class. Absolutely. Um, And I think that that sort of attitude is missing from this political moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's operating at a large scale. And I think a lot of that is because of this narrative that you're not the bootstraps narrative, because that's obviously been part of America's history for quite some time. But yeah, this um, we're all just embarrassed, temporarily embarrassed millionaires Mm -hmm. idea. And I think it's still happening. You know, you can see that on Twitter Mm -hmm. a lot and Instagram. Oh, absolutely. Well, if you just hustled a little harder. Yeah. Hustle culture. Yeah. Who are you telling that to? Like hustle a little harder. People have three jobs and they can't keep food on the table. Right. Hustle for what? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm really, this is way off topic. No, it's okay. (laughs) I was actually going to bring it back because you made a really interesting point about like community. And that was a lot of what the hippie uh, uh, counterculture was about was mm-hmm. building that community yeah um and one of the aspects of the show that i was reading about was the reason why it's called a tribe okay and why um they do the tribe as the characters and uh after this we can take a break yeah uh, we're getting hot and heavy <laughs> uh yeah i need to do some jokes in the second <laughs> right. half. sorry um we the reason that they do that is because they want the actors to embody that community aspect so they i was reading that when they every time they do a new production um the tribe gets to pick a tribal name okay um and in like homage to like uh native americans and that kind of thing like Mm -hmm. cultural preparation yes but at the same time but um, the idea is you're building a community together right they the idea is that they want the production to be a family so that it feels more natural um and then they were i was reading that they do um specific exercises and um uh like programs within the show to break down barriers and build bonds of trust Mm -hmm. and um uh kind of like get people more closer Mm -hmm. and um open open minded um throughout the entire production so like tech and actors all do this (gasps) so that they can the strongs of the strongs (laughs) and the talents So that they can create that that tribal community, that yeah. they can create that feeling so that it then transfers on stage so that the actors feel it feels more like they're moving as one organism as opposed to multiple. I thought that was a really interesting concept that, that the, to do, like try with a show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we hear about uh, the baby boomers, but famously no one talks about hair babies, which are all the babies that happen after the cast fucks for an entire <laughs> run of a production and i think it's important we recognize the hair babies people born of just the giant orgies that productions of hair because as we said at the top of the show this hair or this show fucks should we take a break we should take a break let's take a break we'll be right back Oh, 
Oh, go. It's time to start. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess when Mitch says go, we have to like go off. I think that means it's time to pop off. Act two, we're back and we're going to do jokes now. Yeah, we're we're done talking about politics. We spent fully a 30 minute break just like going off we were full we fully uh i said to meryl i was like i did not realize (laughs) when we picked this show how triggering how triggering and hard (laughs) it would be to talk about yeah we've like there's not even nazis in this show literally still like struggling still popping off (laughs) constantly popping off like literally we just did take a full 30 minute break for (laughs) the three of us to rant about the political situation in america in america today wild um so basically what you need to know um about the show again it doesn't really have a plot Mm -hmm. but uh before what has essentially been going on since uh Claude got his draft card is that he's kind of like going through the process of being drafted. He's going through it. He's like going to the interviews. He's doing the um the physicals and that kind of thing. Um, which leads us into Act Two mm-hmm. after uh the famous nude scene. Yes, I see now at the end of uh the Wikipedia entry for Act One is the tribe emerges naked. I thought that happened at the end of the show. No, it's it's uh, at the it's an end act, of act one. one. That's an act ender. That I is was complaining an act in previous episodes of the Moulin Rouge, especially like shouldn't go out on a bummer no no and honestly and to have actors walk on stage completely full naked bush. full bush <laughs> you know there was full bush because it's, it's a show about the 60s that's right that is correct <laughs> that fucking whips ass yeah it does it whips that yeah. whips ass <laughs> it whips looking like so a much goddamn ass. ari aster film just Ugh. naked as Could hell you imagine going to broadway and getting full view of gavin creel's peen Peebus. Look at that little peepus. <laughs> it's just peeping at you. That's Amazing. what I want. That's what I, that honestly. Show me Gavin Creel's penis. That, yes, that. But also, this Siri, is the problem. <laughs> Please don't. She will find it. Uh, this is the problem with Broadway today. There's not enough nudity. Thank you. Thank I've you. been screaming it from the rooftop. Literally, we've did it with hair, and everyone was like, "Okay, cool, we're done." Excuse no, me, dear Evan Hansen, nude. Uh, Hello, Dolly, nude. nude. <laughs> Carolina change nude. Sweetie Todd nude. nude. <laughs> Kinky boots nude. nude. <laughs> and canceled. And can- nude and canceled. They stole that Tony from <laughs> Matilda. Beetlejuice <laughs> nude. nude. <laughs> That's right. See, we promised more jokes, and, and here, here they, they are. They are. They're bad. Did you like that? Did you like that we stopped doing jokes? You really wanted this? Our bad jokes back. <laughs> So as a uh, little fucking freaks, little fucking freaks. <laughs> um, so as the beginning of Act Two is starting, Claude is coming back from his draft interview, and they make fun of that. Um, they recreate it. Uh, there's like a blackout moment um, where the tribe is just like singing about being in a blackout. Um, like weird. Like oh my god, I blacked out last night. No, like I or think the lights go like up. the New York City blackout. Oh okay. Wasn't okay, there okay. like a famous blackout in like the seventies or something like that yes. where the entire city went down? Yeah, I think it's like that. Okay. Um, yeah, famously mm, gonna happen again because our energy grid is. Black. Happened in California <laughs> literally last year. Very, very bad. Um, um, and then it's important to note that now we've reached the drug trip portion of the show. Yeah. So <laughs> Berger and Claude 
go on a little hallucinogenic trip. A little trip. So what it basically is... It's really so much happens in this trip. I'd like read like literally. Yeah, he's just like role playing war. Yeah, basically. <laughs> From like all the wars. Um, he's doing all the wars. The like literally it's it takes two very long paragraphs to describe in the yeah. Wikipedia article. I'll be honest, I zoned out trying to read this yeah. part of the show and then zoned out listening to the music and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's it's starts <laughs> with the song Walking in Space and then goes until about Oh fuck! I think Starshine. Continue, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so let's just give the highlights. Okay, so it starts with so basically he is uh dropped into Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's hallucinating that he's being dropped into Vietnam, and then he sees. So we start with like the beginning of American history with George Washington, and it's um he's fighting the Indians, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Grant appears and then there's Ulysses S. Ulysses Grant, S. Grant sorry um, and then uh, he it, starts like a roll call and yeah. then Abraham Lincoln appears but he's played by a uh, one of the black female tribe members um, and he starts uh, Ulysses S. Grant starts roll calling all these like famous Americans. Civil War like, yeah. era right but then not even because I see Aretha Franklin is in John is Wilkes listed. Booth Calvin Coolidge who's outside of that era yeah. Clark Gable who is funny because very outside of the era but was in yeah Gone with the Wind so still is so kind is of of the era Scarlett O'Hara yeah but Scarlett O'Hara is the character not the actor Clark oh, Gable's yeah. an actor and Scarlett O'Hara, but he played opposite the That's character Scarlett O'Hara. Funny. That's very funny. Aretha Franklin. Okay, shout out. Shout out. Um, we love. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. <clears throat> Colonel George Custer. Um, and, then and then Claude. And then uh, Bukowski gets a shout out. Yeah. And then there's there's a <laughs> But part... he couldn't make it. Just yeah. gets a shout out. He just gets a shout out. He doesn't appear. He's just uh, shouted out. And then there's a part where um, African witch doctors come in and <gasps> kill all of the... people who have just been except for abraham lincoln except for abraham lincoln um and (laughs) then lincoln recites an uh a modern version of the gettysburg address Mm -hmm. which is the song ab baby ab that's what it's referring i was like what is this name ab abe okay abe lincoln i'm with it now um and then booth like comes back to life and shoots Lincoln but uh, Lincoln again being played by an African American woman says I ain't dying for no white man so, so then it continues and we have an homage to the um, uh, the monk who set himself on fire mm-hmm. in protest mm-hmm. of the Vietnam War um, where monks come on and one of them is set a fire and then we have Catholic nuns come in and kill the monks <laughs> and then astronauts killed the nuns Sure. And then Chinese people stab the astronauts. <laughs> sure. And then Native Americans kill the Chinese people. Okay. And then three Green Berets come in and kill the Native Americans, and then they kill each other. Oh my god! It, this this is a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> Literally a bloodbath on stage. The end of Hamlet here. <laughs> and then, um, us they see like uh parents talking to a suit telling the suit that um they're proud of him like as if like son. it's their son, and then um. All of the bodies from again the massacre. the massacre that you just witnessed on stage rise up, and they begin to play war mm-hmm. like kids, like, like kids. little kids play war. And then it gets really violent, and they kill each other again. Mm-hmm. And then um, finally, the trip ends 
with um a Shakespearean speech about the nobility of man set to music. Oh man. That it's that's I would really love to see the sequence, but talk about fucking satire. Like Jesus Christ. It is uh wow. <laughs> I just uh, let me tell you. So the thought of war really fucks with you. Yeah. <laughs> The number one rule of doing hallucinogens, from what I hear, of course, you got to be in a good headspace. Yeah, um, Claude is or not Bert, in a good head. Yeah, Claude, Claude, right? Yeah, Claude is very specifically in a bad headspace. Bad, bad headspace. <laughs> Contemplating um, going to fight in a war feels like maybe not the time to do shrooms. Yeah, but in it, my opinion, at, uh, from as far as I can tell. He might not have known because Burger yeah, it does said seem like Burger that he gave him a laced joint a joint that, laced it, that was laced. Yeah, so. he thought he was just going to get stone stoned and then but got got fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> um, it's a tough. It's yeah. tough. You never want to have a bad trip, from no. what I hear. From what from what we hear. From all this sources. is not about personal experience. I wouldn't know. The only trips I take are vacations, and I don't even take those. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been on one in quite some time. <laughs> I would uh, love to see the mountain. The beautiful gowns. Beautiful, beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful mountains. Um, <laughs> yikes. We're we're getting a lot of references here. Uh, some killing, a lot of murdering, some crusades references. They, ray guns, astronauts. It's Green Berets. I mean, I understand. Like, I guess I don't understand, but I mean, it is supposed to be about like the violence of war. Oh it's, yeah, it's satirizing. It's been generational. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, time in memoriam. Listen, oh, they talk a lot of shit yeah. about America, but we're not the only civilization that's done terrible things yeah, to absolutely. other civilizations. Not that that takes right. That doesn't take us off the that hook. Doesn't absolve us. Yes, absolutely. But it is yeah. unfortunately a thing that people have done for yeah, generations absolutely. and it's something to consider and this is one of the reasons why the show is like so this is also one of the reasons why the show was considered so controversial was yeah. because it was portraying an acid trip number one <laughs> and number two um because the acid trip is extremely critical of right. the government's choices yeah. at that time wow. <laughs> And still today. Newsflash, <laughs> you don't have to do acid to be critical of the government's choices. You just have to have a podcast and <laughs> pop off. Um, my um, brand. My brand. I I was going to say something else about this. The acid trip? Yeah. Um, it's a dirty little war. A dirty little war. Mm. <laughs> They rise again and comment about the casualties in Vietnam. Oh, I would. I I felt like this was a good point to kind of bring up the um one of the other legacy one of the legacies of this show. Yeah. Besides um the obvious one of it being the one of Broadway's first rock musicals. Yes. Um, this is uh paving the way for Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber of to course. come through with Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, absolutely, we love. <laughs> um, it was also um one of. It wasn't one of the first concept musicals, but it was like it is a concept musical that came on the scene at the time that like concept musicals were really starting to become a form yeah. of theater, um, mm-hmm. especially in musical theater, because this is also around the same time as Cabaret and right. Company and Follies and all these other concept musicals. And 
for those at home who don't know what a concept musical is. I was just going to say, in con, do you mind defining a concept musical for the readers? Yeah, a concept musical is um, a musical where the book, the music, the lyrics, the acting, all of the action, literally everything about the show is structured that is um, supposed to be made in a way to convey a theme or a message Mm -hmm. rather than an emphasis on a plot. Telling a story. Telling a story. So like... For example, Cabaret, you have all of the music is structured in a way to make a comment about the rise of the Nazis mm-hmm. and about fascism, fascism in general and about political complacency. Mm-hmm. Whereas like th- this show has similar themes of uh, the music and all of the action is specifically building themes around the anti-war movement, mm-hmm. um, counterculture, counterculture, drug use, race, yeah. race and um, social justice, those sort of things. Yeah. Um, so like Interesting. this was a show that was like r- kind of came on the scene at a very pivotal time in the like creation of the concept musical which i think is really interesting we're doing themes we're done with story we're done with story i so now uh now we're post we're post trip um and we're getting to the end of the show now at this point Mm -hmm. um he uh decides to claude says that he doesn't want to like live on the streets anymore or like he can't take it moment to moment and he wants to become quote unquote invisible um which means that he uh decides to join the military yeah yeah um it's interesting i think this speaks to what we were kind of talking about before the break yes about the sense of community and what that was like at the time Mm -hmm. and clearly you can see from claude's choice that at least for him it feels insecure it feels um unstable right it feels like there isn't a future for it Mm -hmm. um i would really love interesting and I didn't read enough about like the roles and the characters, but I re- and how dare you in the week that we decided to do this <laughs> musical not read every book on the subject? Listen, I probably you little trash can. I probably will now because I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm fascinated. I'm fucking in. yeah, my book I list has gotten from <laughs> sad to sadder. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cannot wait. Yeah. Um, and I would also, I would honestly be really interested to read the um book about the public and see like what it yes. has to say about this show yeah because i think that would be really fascinating um i just reading the notes on wikipedia about like what a shit show it was when oh my god to the public and did were doing rehearsals they literally like associate artistic director of the theater like quit and was like i can't fucking do this literally the show was a like the rehearsal process was a fucking nightmare then they put a choreographer in charge of the show which we all know is the worst idea. Never, like, did ever we learn nothing from Fosse? Um, Thank you. You can you simply cannot put a choreographer. They're too crazy. Well, if I know anything, it's that um, many people did not know- learn anything from Fosse. <laughs> That's true. We've truly learned zero lessons from Fosse. That is correct. Um, because, but yeah, famously, it- the only show he ever did was Chicago. But- <laughs> According That's to according to one certain season, TV show, that season twelve, episode two of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, <laughs> but then during the final, uh, after the final dress rehearsal, Joe yeah. Papp himself wired the assistant director who was hiding in Washington and said, "Please come back." The, and he did. The rehearsal was that much Such of a, a nightmare. He was like, "You got it." So we got to have somebody in charge of this, yeah. which I fucking love. It's. 
crazy. Um, and it only ran at the public for six weeks, mm-hmm. which is super interesting. And then it moved to the nightclub. Yes, the cheetah. They um. Oh, he wants to be invisible. He wants to be invisible. Sheila sings my favorite song in the show, Good Morning Starshine. Uh, Good Morning Starshine, The Earth Says Hello. Yeah. Uh, was a line that I knew because of that horrible remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Um, that Johnny Depp started. Oh my God. Yeah. He, he does say that. He greets the children and says, Good morning, Starshine. The Earth Says Hello. Yeah. And like, my friend and I used to quote that to each other all the time because it was so insane. Yeah. I had no idea it was a song. Had no idea that it. I forgot about that <laughs> line. Wilds. Uh, I blocked uh, a lot of that movie out. Yeah, um, <laughs> good. We all did. So the trip, the tribe pays tribute to an old dirty rash dress. Stop having sex stop on that dirty sex old mattress. On that dirty mattress. <laughs> And oh. this is the lesson that should have been learned in hair, but still we somehow did we're still fucking our dirty mattresses and bad out of hell. Learn it because bad out of hell had to have a dirty Listen, rash rest. We got one mattress, and that's what we use. <laughs> it's not our fault. We can't afford more mattresses. Mattresses cost like five hundred dollars. Yeah, no one's got that kind of scratch. But um, I think it's disgusting to put the equity cut on stage. Like, please, <laughs> how dare. <laughs> Can we keep that backstage? Oh my god! <laughs> okay, um, Claude for is- those of you who don't know, Equity um, has a rule that the that theaters have to have a cot backstage mm-hmm. for actors who might be sick or under the weather, or if they just want to sleep. Um, it is required by the union. Thank you, union, fighting Thank for you, our union. right to sleep. We love union. Um, <laughs> we love we union. love union. <laughs> so, actor love union. Actor love union. Claude is left alone with his doubts. So Claude, um, they uh, start a protest chant and then they're looking for Claude and um, he appears and he's in military dress and his hair's been all chopped off. His long, beautiful hair. And um, they don't see him because he's invisible. Just what he wanted. Like it or not. They got me. They got me. Ladies and gentlemen, we we got got him. (laughs) Um, uh, <laughs> so then they sing Ooh. Flesh Failures, mm-hmm. and this is sort of where we um, discover that Claude dies in Vietnam. Yeah. The whole tribe launches into Let the Sunshine In, and as they exit, they reveal Claude lying down center stage on a black cloth. Um, and during the curtain call, the tribe reprises Let the Sunshine In. Again, a bop, and invites the audience members up on stage to dance. Yeah, to join and, the tribe. Uh, we already mentioned this, but "Let the Sunshine In" was added when they transferred to Broadway because they needed <laughs> they the ending to note. be a little bit more happy. And "Let the Sunshine is, In" is supposed to be the call to action to say no again to war mm-hmm. and let the sun shine well, in on your life. Work, did it. it didn't work. You hear that, hippies? It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Try again. <laughs> Um, yeah. And that's, that's the end of the show. Again, very loose plot, heavy, heavy, um, theme material, like thematic material. This is super interesting. Um, the New York Times noted in 2007 that Hair was one of the last Broadway musicals to saturate the culture as shows from the golden age once regularly did. Interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about. That is really interesting. 
Um, oh, here we go. Songs from the musical Can have been featured that? in films and television yeah. episodes. For example, in the 2005 film Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the character Willy Wonka welcomed the children with lyrics from Good Morning Starshine. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they can really, if they can. I wonder when the New York Times wrote that because. 2007. It, oh, yeah. That was before Hamilton. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. I mean, they're right. They, to they saturate are right. the culture. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Hamilton did that. I, I want to say Rent, but I don't think Rent, rent I feel saturated like the yeah. culture in the same way. Yeah. That. I think it just was big in like the youth theater movement. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to like I'm imagining the pervasiveness of Hamilton, but mm-hmm. with this with hippie musical. A hippie musical. Super interesting. Well, I think also that probably plays into the fact that the musical itself was about literally the time that they were living in. Yeah. So, like, that's probably... what people were talking about. Yeah, it's what people were talking about already. Mm -hmm. So, like, it makes sense that it would be so um, pervasive in the culture. Yeah. Huh. Um, I just also wanted to go back to uh, thinking about dancing to these songs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and having truly no context for what they were from, what they stood for, what they were Absolutely. even fucking talking about, um, that let the sunshine in is essentially like a funeral dirge. Yeah, basically. Um, and we were just like twelve year olds bopping. <laughs> um, it's very much the uh, everybody singing. Um, the I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream at yes. Marie's crisis. <laughs> like you, okay. Um, <laughs> But I just wanted to say, I like my dance teacher, like the studio dance was great. I'm so glad that I went. But yeah, we always had a theme for a recital. Mm. And one year the theme oh, was yeah, like, we did too. it was like jungle themed. And okay. so like a lot of the songs, obviously, you know, animals or jungle or whatever. Right. And she wanted to, and we always had like a title for mm-hmm. the show, right? It's so, like celebration or yeah. stepping out or whatever. And um, that year she wanted to title it Janet's Girls Gone Wild. And because she just like didn't have a concept of that. And we all had to be like, oh, no, oh, you, can't, you can't. You can't do <laughs> she that. She was like, well, why? We're like, mm, we, can't, oh, no. we can't be the ones to tell you what Girls Gone Wild is, right? <laughs> it was like 2006. <laughs> Oh so God. funny. Those, I'm, just like, I'm just like having a TV. flashback now of like how we had to be like, you can't call the show Janet's Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> <laughs> that's copyright infringement. <laughs> and that's why. That's, that's, the, that's, only that's the only reason, reason why. why. Um, so yeah, of course we were dancing to hair. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> with no hair hilarious. We will be posting as soon as I can get those pics. I'll yeah, post please. them on the Instagram. Fucking God, I want to see yeah, those. Yeah, you do. <laughs> if I had, if I could get footage, yeah. you better believe I'd be showing Hell it, babe. Yes. Um, should we, are we, we're, we're finished. You ready? Yeah. All right, Connor, man and share this for me. I will man and share this for you. Um, I really do like this musical. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's like top 10 or, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not, maybe not even top 15, but like, I still really, really like it. Um, It wasn't like formative for me or anything like that. Have you ever or, seen a production of it or do you just like the music? I just like the music. Okay. I've never, I've never been able I'd to see to it on see stage. I would love to see it on stage. Um, And I'm mad that I missed it when, uh, cause I left Kansas city before mm, it yeah. went up. Yeah. Um, I, would really like yeah i would really love to see a production i think that um 
it's really kind of cool to like read about the show Mm -hmm. and um like we've been saying the history is really interesting and um wild and uh (laughs) fucking fucked uh fucking fucked totally fucked fucked. but it's i think it's a really cool way of sort of an in on like what was happening in that time period um which i i also i also love reading about history so like that's right up my alley um i think that it's a rock musical that works okay speak on that speak on that <laughs> um i and i mean it did create the form of oh, rock yeah. musical um i just really i think the music is really fun it is it's very I 60s agree. If, yeah, it's a radical when you think about yeah. what's coming out around that same time. Yeah. That's a a radical departure. Uh-huh. From what's yeah, rock musical is apt. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um and yeah, I would I again I would really like to see a show, a production of it. And like I said, mm-hmm. I think that I know that we only just had a revival about ten years ago, but I think that um, given the current political and cultural situation that we are in now mm-hmm. as a nation and as a a global community, um, I think it is very prescient. Mm-hmm. And I would we love revive cabaret like every five years. Absolutely. Can't we revive hair? Absolutely. Can't we revive hair? <laughs> I th- I feel like now is the okay, time Connor, to pop You off. and I are going to revive we hair. We are going to do it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Um, yeah, Meryl, man, and share this. Um, love Act One. <laughs> Act One is great. And let, let the sun shine in. Yeah. We'll add those, the highest compliment I can bestow. Of course. We'll add those to my Broadway playlist. Love that. Are you ever going to, um, like, release that? I mean, it is public on Spotify, okay. but I did the thing where um, I initially signed up for spotify via my facebook oh and then when i deleted my facebook it like yeah now i'm like user one two eight seven six nine four two i was wondering why i couldn't find you i can't change it i've tried and it's like oh sorry you'd have to like completely reset your spotify that's just a lot of work and the algorithm already knows me and (laughs) i've made so many playlists (laughs) And so um, I certainly could give out my user uh, number. Right. um, Or we can just we can just like uh, we can I can link it. Yeah, you can link it on Twitter and stuff (laughs) like that. Follow me, user (laughs) one twenty four nineteen eighty. I just thought that that would be like a little fun. Yeah. What's your Broadway playlist? I will. um, (laughs) I will get it together and uh, at some point put it in the show notes. Maybe on this episode. That'd be fun. Anyway, those songs would definitely make it onto my Broadway playlist. I think that the second half is a little bit harder for me to get through. Part of it being you do need to have those lyrics pulled up. And I do think famously theater's a visual medium. And (laughs) I would love to see a staged production of it. This show, just talking about the show, chatting with you about it. Brought up a lot of um, capital F feelings, <clears throat> capital F feelings, and really made me realize that I want to read more on the culture at the time. Yeah. Once you interrogate my um, knowledge of it a little bit more yeah. and really round out my feelings about it. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I'm just so incredibly impressed. I've said it multiple times, I think, during this record yeah. that they had the 
forethought to say what we need, what what's happening right now is a moment and it needs to be mm-hmm. um, captured and recorded for posterity so that there is a record of what it was like to be alive, mm-hmm. to be a New York City performer in 1966 and mm-hmm. what the vibe is. <laughs> and uh, the show is a vibe. The issues that we're all dealing with, the feelings that we're all having, the uh, moral conundrums that yeah. we find and quandaries that we find ourselves in, you know, espousing this belief that you are counterculture, but mm-hmm. seeing the flaws. Um, sort of before they, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking on the break a little bit, um, off mic about, um, what the '60s counterculture movement turned into in the '70s, right. um, and that the drug use got a lot worse, and that, um, you know, people sort of fell out of the free love aspect, and mm-hmm. it was just more, um, hedonistic, I think, yeah, and a little more, um, selfish yeah more pleasure driven than it was politically driven and sort of what happened to the punk movement in the 80s and 90s and i think that it's i i would be interested to read more about that and i would prefer to see it staged um i guess i won't watch the movie since you said it is famously bad it's so bad Uh, (laughs) don't do it but i uh Connor and I will be launching out. Please fund our Patreon so that we yes. can revive this musical. Um, I liked it. I love some of the songs. It's, uh, oh, the groups, the second act is a lot of like acid trip and yeah. group singing like really loudly. Yes. And so it's sort of hard for me to understand what was going on. Um, a little harder to follow in the second half. Absolutely. And a little harder to follow overall since it's there's really no plot. Right. Um, the wiki is wild. Definitely read oh, yeah. the wiki. It's a fascinating show politically, fascinating to mm-hmm. read about the history of it. Um, yes, this discussion brought up a lot of feelings for oh, me. Oh, my God. So I'm going to have to recover <laughs> yeah. from just Again, speaking about this. I think that um, like it's one of the things that we forget about a lot is that art is inherently political yeah yeah um good art (laughs) good art especially is inherently political Uh and um uh that is something that sometimes catches us off guard (laughs) yeah yeah um i think this discussion was really nice and it was a chance for us to kind of work through um what we're feeling in this political moment via a show that was politically relevant uh damn near half a century ago all of that to say, <laughs> hair good, me like. Uh, Great. You should listen to. Definitely listen. And I invite political discussion because um, right. I think it's good to talk about. And I think that we, sorry to get societal. Mm. I think we need more of that in society. I think a real. Uh, we shouldn't be com- can- politically Cancel com- culture has uh, occurred because we've stopped having political discussions. Mm. I do think um, to to some extent because it's seen as like very taboo or like yeah. that's personal and we shouldn't talk about people's political beliefs um, because it's tough and it's a hard conversation to have. But I think it's really good and it promotes like more. Right. It's good to be open and communicative and um so sh- chat with me about it right we shouldn't be politically complacent 
Yes. And that's essentially what this show and is saying. And that's what Hair is saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Connor, any plugs? No, as usual, you can just find me all across uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at CRELA12. Um, Meryl, what about you? Yeah, nothing specific to plug. You can find me at Meryl K, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-K-A-Y-E, across all platforms. You can find this podcast mm-hmm. anywhere you find other podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, You can find us at Bits Over B-Way across all platforms. We don't have a Bits Over B-Way TikTok yet. 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 <laughs> but when we do, it will just be Connor and I doing renegade dances to uh, musical all of, theater songs. To all of the songs <laughs> on my Broadway playlist. <laughs> That's the content we're promising you. The 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 first hurdle of that is actually learning Renegade. <laughs> and that's my <laughs> hurdle. Um that's it? Yep. That's it. Bye. Bye. Loves a list. Love a list. Ooh, <laughs> hair love a list. <laughs>